Welcome back to the Bonkers.ie podcast. On this month's show, I'm joined by Porik Power, Marketing Manager for Refurbed in Ireland. Refurbed is an online marketplace for refurbished electronic devices and aims to be the Amazon for like new products. A pretty big aim, I think you'll agree. We'll chat about the company's success to date, the services it offers, as well as some interesting data on the types of people who use its site. And with the holiday season in full swing, in the second half of the podcast, Quiva and I will be talking about foreign exchange fees and how to avoid them. Porik, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, Dara. Thanks for having me. And let's just get straight into it. So what exactly is Refurbed? Yeah, so Refurbed is an online marketplace for uh, refurbished electronic goods. So essentially anything from your smartphone, laptop, tablet, uh, smartwatch, even audio devices, you can get them on Refurbed and they're fully refurbished devices and for up to 40% cheaper, 100% sustainable. Okay, so you went through some of the products there again. So smartphones, laptops, kind of sounds like almost any electronic item that you might think of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a lot of people, I think, initially think we just do smartphones, but we actually have those laptops, tablets, cameras, gaming consoles, audio devices, uh, even desktops, everything you can think of. Um, we have it or hope to have in the future anyway. Brilliant. And so it's, it's, it's secondhand, it's refurbished, but do you refurbish them yourself or how does that work? So we don't refurbish them ourselves. We have a host of merchants across Europe. So everything is done within uh, the EU. And basically these merchants are refurbishment experts. So they get the devices, they put them through a 40 step process, which is the refurbishment process. And then once they're tested and ensured that the quality is as good as new, they're sold via refurb then. Okay. And in terms of price, so I suppose this is really the big selling point for a lot of people uh, when buying a secondhand product, a product is that it's going to be a little bit cheaper. But how much cheaper are we looking at? Yeah, so they're up to 40% cheaper. So there's really good price ranges there. Um, obviously, some of the newer models mightn't be as much as a 40%, but you can check on the site there. It's always updated. And what's really nice as well is that there's different uh, product conditions is what we call them. So while they all work exactly like new, there's different aesthetics. So you can get ones that look brand new out of the box or you can get ones that have a little bumper scratch on it and that one will be even cheaper. So depending on how into the aesthetics you are, there's different options at different price points. So I was going to ask you, would a refurbished product be as good as a new product? But in many ways it will be, unless of course you've chosen one that isn't quite the same aesthetically. Yeah, exactly. So they all go through a rigorous testing process and every single component of the phone or laptop or any device is fully tested and ensures that it works exactly like new. So there's no fear with regards to functionality. I suppose most people, when they think of refurbished electronic products, they're concerned about battery life. Mm-hmm. What would you say to, to, to them? I mean, is the battery like new? Will it last as long? Yeah, absolutely. So with regards to the batteries, um, I suppose I'll specifically talk about smartphones because that's probably the one that's most uh, interesting to people. So with regards to all of our smartphones, the batteries are tested during the process. If they're anything less than 80% of an original battery, they'll be replaced. If they're above 80%, they won't be replaced. And the reason for that is when you buy a uh, new smartphone, it goes to 90% or in or around there after the first few charges anyway. So the difference is very minimal and it will last um, you know, as long. So that's the, the reasoning because we don't want to, I suppose, have to use new parts when it's not necessary. 
Okay, and would you ever buy products off the public? So if somebody has a you know an iPhone that they want to upgrade, but it's still in reasonably good quality, can they give it to you or try and sell it to you? So that's not something we have at the moment. It is something that Refurb has in some other countries. Um, so over in Austria, I know it's an option. So fingers crossed, we will be able to bring that over to Ireland. Um, but right now, it's not something that we offer, unfortunately. And you mentioned Austria. So Refurb is in several European markets, I take it. Yeah, I think it's nine or ten different countries now Refurb is, is officially in. Um, so it's really nice. It's Austria and Germany is where it started because our three founders are Austrian. And then from there, it's expanded throughout Europe. So we came to Ireland just over a year ago at this stage. And who do you find is purchasing products off you? So who's purchasing refurbished secondhand products, male, female, young, old? Is there any demographic that you find is is more, you know, I suppose, attracted to your site? Yeah, I, I suppose it's quite surprising that you'd think it would be younger people because number one, they're cheaper and number two, they're sustainable. And those are very much kind of things that align with the younger audience. But our average age of users actually, or a customer even, is 39. So we were saying that it, it is skewing a little bit older than one might think. Um, with that in mind then as well, there's different, different customers are coming to us for different reasons. So we saw our first early adapters were men who were looking for kind of cheaper tech and maybe more in price conscious and more into the tech sphere. Whereas now, as we're becoming more established in Ireland, we're seeing more women come to us because I think they have seen now that we've been around for a little while, so they can trust the company. And also we align more with kind of values. So sustainability um, is coming in more with the female audience, I would say, and a little more with the younger audience as well now that they know we're here. Of course. And is there maybe any product that you find females buy more than males or I mean or is it smartphones is, is that what tends to be the biggest seller at the moment smartphones is definitely the, the biggest seller um, overall of what we're seeing with regards different products not so much uh, we still have more male customers than we do have female customers right now but we can see uh, the ladies aren't far behind anymore they're, they're creeping up and is there a warranty on the products? Because I think listeners, um, again, we were talking about battery life. When you're buying a refurbished product, you might be afraid that it's not going to work or it's going to break down maybe quite soon. Is there a warranty there to put people's minds at ease? Yes. So we have a minimum 12 month warranty with all of our products. Uh, some products you can opt for even a longer warranty. Um, but with that, you have the minimum 12 months and we also have a 30 day free trial on every product as well. So when you do get to the device, you have a full 30 days to test it out. If there's any reason you don't want it, you can just send it back to us. So we're making sure you're covered there. OK, great. So basically, you can just almost in some ways try before you, f you fully commit. So that, that's 30 days for all products. Yeah, for all products. And we have had people who, for example, might be an Android user and then say, oh, you know what? Everyone's talking about iPhone. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll test it out. And they have bought the product, tested it and then said, no, iPhone's not for me and returned it. Completely fine. Once it's within the 30 days, there's no questions asked on our side. You can return it to us and we're just happy that you're interested in refurb and refurbishment movement. Okay, brilliant. And then just again on the warranty. So you said a minimum of 12 months. Is there a possibility to extend that if maybe you pay a little bit extra? Yes, so it depends on the specific product. Not all products will have that option, but um, you can go up as far as 36 months, I think, depending on the product. Okay. And in terms of delivery fees and charges, um, is it free? How does that work? So it's all included. So the price you see when you go onto the website, that's the price that you're going to pay. And that includes your delivery. Um, I know with some other kind of tech or e-commerce uh, companies, the delivery can be added on in the end. But we just wanted to be as transparent as possible with the pricing. 
Okay, great. And you have a tree planting project as well. How does that work? Yeah, so the tree planting project, we I suppose we have two um, two branches, um, to pardon the pun, but um, with regards to tree planting, it happens with all countries that refurb is in. But then in March this year, we specifically launched tree planting in Ireland for Irish customers. And essentially what happens is when a customer purchases, we're automatically going to plant a tree for every device sold, but they'll get an email where they get to choose the country that they want their tree planted in. So we have Nepal, Mozambique, um, Haiti and another a few countries around the world. And then we also specifically have Ireland. OK, great. And you also say as well that you want to be the Amazon of the refurbished world, which is a pretty lofty claim. And um, how do you think you're going to meet those goals? I mean, do you have any plans for the future? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, what we want to do is continue to introduce new product categories and new types of products to our customers. So in Ireland, we recently launched gaming consoles. We want to expand our electronics product offering much more as we continue to grow. Aside from that as well, we will probably look at other categories down the line. I mean, when you think of Amazon, you can get pretty much anything on there. Um, like I said, Austria is our, our mother country. And in Austria, they recently launched refurbed fashion as well. So there's now clothes there, which are fully sustainable clothes from refurbed. Oh, um, so we'll, we'll see. Hopefully we'll get that here at some point. But we're definitely keeping an eye on how we're going to kind of get to that claim. And you think some countries are better than others at, at getting on, I suppose, the, the refurbished environmental bandwagon? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I don't necessarily know with regards to refurb specifically, but what you can see is there's different um, intent behind the purchasing. So in Ireland, for the most part, right now, the main reason people are coming is because it's cheaper. Then second would be a mixture between the quality and sustainability. Whereas then in some other countries, like in Sweden, the sustainability factor would be higher up on the, the ranking order for customers. So we're still seeing them come, but it just depends. And what would you say, Borg, to people maybe who are listening now but are afraid of buying a refurbished product or only want to buy new? Yeah, I, I'd say firstly, don't knock it till you've tried it. And then secondly, with regards that you do have the 30 day free trial. Um, I know my uncle, for example, had never bought a refurbished phone and he was like, oh, I don't know. Will I won't I? And he has two young sons and he was like, do you know what? They're kind of good guinea pigs for this. So he got um, he got one for one of them for their birthdays and he went for one of the lower categories with regards to aesthetics. because He's like, yeah, it's for my kid. And it worked absolutely perfectly. Decided to get one for his other son for his birthday. Now my aunt's bought one. My dad's getting one. So I think it really is just kind of trying it out. I know it's a big commitment. Um, but if you are worried, you do have that 30 day free trial there and you will save. I think that is an interesting example, though, because you know kids these days, they want phones younger and younger. But, you know, spending two grand or a grand and a half giving a 12 year old a phone that they could lose or drop or destroy pretty quickly uh, seems crazy. So actually buying a second hand phone and then also maybe ma making it cheaper by buying one that has maybe a few dents and knocks, which, you know, a phone is going to get anyway when you give it to your 12 year old actually kind of makes sense. You know, I kind of it, it kind of almost wonder why people wouldn't do a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I suppose people have done it before with the likes of CEX where you can get the, you know, the second hand phone in store. But with regards to refurb, because it's gone through the full refurbishment process, you're also getting the 12 month warranty with it and the, the free trial. And you know that it's gone through a full testing phase. Mm -hmm. So, yes, they can still drop it and, you know, it's you're not going to die over a scratch. But also at least, you know, that they're still getting a top quality product with that, too.
Okay, very good. And maybe then finally, just in terms of carbon footprint, um, you know, will buying a refurbished pro- product help people reduce their carbon footprint? Yeah, absolutely. Double answer again. But firstly, yes, uh, when you get a refurbished product, it automatically saves up to 70% CO2 emissions versus if you're buying a new product. And then to offset the additional 30%, that's why with refurb we plant trees. So um, some other companies do refurbishment but don't go the extra mile. With us, when you do the extra mile with the tree, it actually goes to over 100% of the emissions are offset. So not only are you making you know zero impact, you're actually making a positive impact on the environment because the longer the tree lives and the longer the life of the tree, the more you're giving back with the purchase. And since you've set up um, or launched Refurb Tier, how much waste do you think you've saved Irish households? Yeah, so in Ireland, we've saved over 8,000 kgs of actual electronic waste. And then when it comes to carbon production through the you know refurbishment process, we've saved over 1.3 million kg of carbon, which is really, really nice, um, but definitely something we want to grow exponentially in the next few years. I'd imagine that'll increase as well if you start getting into clothes and other products, which you've mentioned also. Yeah, absolutely. And as we see people branch into other categories, um, I suppose at the minute, most people come to us for smartphones, but then once they have a positive experience there, they're more likely to come to us for their laptop or for their camera or their gaming console so as they expand into the different products we have too it'll grow with that as well Porg thank you very much for coming in and chatting to us and if people want to obviously buy some products or find out more they can go to they can check us out on refurbed.ie so that's r-e-f-u-r-b-e-d.ie and uh, they can check us out there for our smartphones laptops tablets smartwatches cameras gaming consoles and a lot more brilliant thank you very much thank you so Dara, great to see you again. Now, I've booked my flight, my bags are packed, and I'm ready to go on holidays. But before I jet off, there's one thing I need you to help me with. Foreign exchange fees. How can I avoid them? Holidays are expensive enough as is, and I want to make sure I am not being overcharged when I'm on holidays. Yeah, no, good question. With lots of us heading abroad, or at least hoping to head abroad, if we can beat the queues at Dublin airports, a question we're always asked is, you know, what am I going to be charged for using my card abroad? Now, obviously, if you're going to a Eurozone country, so Spain or Italy, there's usually going to be no fee. You'll only be charged what you'd be charged for using your card at home in Ireland. But if you're off to America, if you're off to Canada, if you're off to the UK, there can be some pretty hefty fees but the first thing to do and it might sound like stating the blindingly obvious is you just need to know what it is your charge uh, is for your particular account and they do vary by bank I'll go through them now um, and it can sometimes be a little bit complicated you know banks love to keep things complicated sometimes but literally at a minimum before going abroad like I said get to know what it is you're actually being charged so I'll just go through some of the main banks and what those fees are so with AIB for example if you're using your debit card to make a purchase so by contactless or maybe chip and pin AIB charges you 1.75% Bank of Ireland charges you 2% the credit union also charges you 2% and permanent TSB charges you 1.75%. So they're all quite similar in some ways, but they could add up if you're using your card a lot. Now, on post charges, 3%. So it's a little bit of an outlier there. And then N26 and Revolut, um, way more competitive. So Revolut charges nothing up to €1,000 a month. Then a 0.5% fee is added. And then N26 charges nothing. Now, on top of that, not to overcomplicate things easy, more but 
the providers also usually have minimum and maximum charges. So the maximum charge in some way is great. So it means that if you make a huge purchase with your debit card, there is a limit to how much the foreign exchange fee will be. And that's usually around 11 or 12 euro per provider. Now you'd need to be making a big purchase to go up with that or to, or to be charged that. Um, but where you just need to be careful is that AIB, for example, has a minimum charge of 45 cents. Now that doesn't apply to contactless transactions, but it does apply to chip and pins. So for example, Quiver, if you went and bought just a chocolate bar for one euro, you're going to be charged a minimum of 45 cents if you pay by chip and pin. So you just kind of need to be careful. And then also permanent GSB has a minimum charge as well of 45 six cent now that applies to anything contactless or chip and pin so quiver if you let's say went and bought bars i don't know a glass of wine for two euro or maybe even a glass of wine for even a euro say you'd be charged 46 cents um meaning almost 50 percent of the of the fee so you just need to be careful about those minimum charges in particular when you're using a debit card uh, but not with but with n26 and revolut because their fees are of course way more competitive okay i see wow we can really add up quite quickly um so would you recommend that i use cash then when i'm abroad and will i be charged off for withdrawing cash also yeah, so cash then I suppose is a separate charge on top of this as well. So looking at some of the cash fees, now in general the cash fees are way more than they are for debit cards, but um, AIB charges 2.5% plus commission of 1%, so 3.5%. So it's fairly you know high. Bank of Ireland charges 3.5%, the Credit Union charges 3.5%, Permanent TSB charges 3.5%, and then um, Revolut charges either 1 euro or 2%, uh, whichever is higher. N26 charges 1.7%, and then on Post, uh, it charges 90 cent plus 3% of the transaction value. So on Post um, is, again, I think the outlier there when it comes to foreign exchange fees, and also the outlier a little bit as well when it comes to using your debit card where it's 3%. Now, with cash withdrawals again there can be the minimum fee and a maximum fee um and some of those minimum fees are quite high so for example with eight with aib the minimum charge is two euro so if you went and even just took out 20 euro you know you're looking at still a two euro charge um with bank of ireland there is a minimum charge of three euro 17 and with the credit union it's a minimum charge of three euro and with permanent tsb it's a minimum charge of um three euro 17 as well uh, no minimum charge with n26 and like i said with revolute the minimum charge is one percent now i know i've thrown a lot of figures there at people but my my point is just get to know what you're being charged and realize that those charges can rack up quite quickly okay dara you've thrown a lot of figures at me and i'm feeling slightly overwhelmed um could you just give me a normal example of what it would be like if I spent 50 euro while abroad? Yeah, okay, fair enough. So if you're going abroad to a non-Eurozone country and you spend the equivalent of 50 euro in one go, so let's say you're buying a round of drinks somewhere, here's what it would cost with the main provider. So with AIB, you're going to be charged 88 cents. With Unpust, you'd be charged 1 euro 50. With Bank of Ireland, you'd be charged a euro. With the Credit Union, you'd be charged a euro. And with permanent TSB, you'd be charged 88 cents. And then with N26 and Revolut, you'd be charged nothing. So that's kind of how it looks. Now, if you were to spend the equivalent of, let's say, 100 euro, so if you were buying maybe, let's say, 
bag or a really big round of drinks or maybe you're paying you know for a few people for entrance into a museum um it would be pretty much double for most of those figures so you know, arb it'd be 175 on post three euro bank of ireland two euro the credit union two euro n26 and revolut free and permanent tsb one euro 75 so you know they're not necessarily huge fees but when we go abroad often on a holiday you're spending a few hundred euro uh, more if it's over maybe let's say two weeks so just you know think of all those rounds of drinks you might buy and all those you know uh, museums and amusement parks that you might go to the fees can creep up if you're not careful okay so the more money you spend the higher um transaction fee you get charged until it hits its maximum yes yeah yeah and with most of them like i said it's around 11 euro uh, per transaction by the way per transaction so you can be charged again and again it's not some limit over the course of your holiday Uh, it just means if you go and buy something huge for let's say two or three grand in one go uh, there's a limit for that transaction as to how much you'll be charged so can you give me the same example then, but with withdrawing cash? Yeah, and a fair point. So if you're going to an ATM, maybe in New York, and you're withdrawing the equivalent of 50 euro, let's say, uh, with AIB, it'll cost you 2 euro. With Unpost, it'll cost you 2 euro 40. With Bank of Ireland, it'll cost you 3 euro 17. With the Credit Union, it'll cost you 3 euro. And with N26, it'll cost you only 85 cent. And with permanent GSB, it'll cost you €3.17. And with Revolut, it'll cost you €1. And what I suppose makes some of those fees high is that the minimum charge with withdrawing cash at ATMs can be quite high. It can be anywhere from maybe 2 to €3. So my advice to people would be, if you're going to withdraw cash from an ATM, I'm not saying withdraw your life savings or withdraw hundreds of euro, because obviously, you know, you get robbed and whatnot. But... By God, do not be going up to HMs withdrawing the equivalent of twenty euro here and there because the fees will really, really rack up. Yeah, definitely. I don't think a lot of people realise that that um is what happens. So you mentioned N twenty six and Revolut and the benefits that come from using those cards abroad. So can you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah. So N twenty six and Revolut are obviously well, particularly Revolut is probably a household name and really. They came about by charging very, very few or little foreign exchange fees. And as I've outlined there, their fees are way more competitive than all the other providers, whether it's for withdrawing cash or making a payment with your debit card. So if, you, if you're if you one of the you know two million people now that has a Revolut account or one of the 200,000 people that has a um, N26 account, I'd really, really advise you to use them. Um, like I said, with N26, no foreign exchange fee when you use your debit card uh, compared to the maybe 2 to 3% fees that you could be charged with other providers with Revolut there's no charge up to 1000 euro a month with the free plan which is quite competitive and then when it comes to withdrawing cash N26 is 1.7% and Revolut like I said it's either 1 euro or 2% of the amount withdrawn whichever is higher so in the vast majority of cases you know it is going to be cheaper to use Revolut or N26 uh, when you're abroad Okay, great. That's actually what I tend to do when I am abroad as well. So, Dara, can you tell me, should I be avoiding making small transactions on my debit card or is that okay to do when you're on holidays? 
it depends who you're with. In general, I would say yes, because remember I was saying there is that minimum fee. So with ARB, it's 45 cents. Now, as I say, it doesn't apply to contactless at the moment. But if you're using chip and pin, like I said, if you buy something even for a euro or the equivalent of a euro, you're going to be charged 45 cents. And with permanent TSB, it's 46 cents. And that does apply to contactless. Now, with the other providers, there isn't a minimum charge. So you're okay. But in general, I would say to people, probably just, you know, avoid using your debit card when it's a really really small amount unless of course you have n26 and revolut in which case you can kind of almost use it you know up to your heart's content i see and should i be then using my debit card for big transactions when i'm abroad um for big transactions yes actually and the reason is that there is a limit to what you can be charged for a big transaction so it differs actually to a credit card so credit card charges if people have one tend to be a little bit lower than debit card charges so my advice to people would always be if you have a credit card use your credit card for smaller amounts but then use your debit card for bigger amounts and the reason being is the debit cards have a limit to what you can be charged now usually this limit only comes in if you're buying something really big weaver so if you're going to New York and you're splashing out in a handbag for like 800 euro but with for example you know AIB the maximum um fee is um, 11 euro on your debit card per transaction with Bank of Ireland it's 11.43 with the credit union it's 12 euro with permanent TSB it's similar with Unpust now there's no limit to what you can be charged so just be careful there but um, like I said that maximum limit doesn't apply to a credit card so if you bought you know a handbag for two grand so I know that's not going to be <laughs> something lots of people are buying but like you could have a, a credit card fee of maybe 20 25 euro you know if you paid with um your credit card whereas as i said with the debit card at least it is limited to usually around 11 or 12 euro max per transaction excellent yeah it's definitely not a surprise i want to be seeing when i buy no. my uh, <laughs> my bag in new york um so should i be using atm machines when i'm abroad so in general just be, be wary of them um as I said at the start of this segment, the ATM fees tend to be higher than the the point of sale fees. So it's usually cheaper to pay by card, whether by contact list or mobile or chip and pin, than it is to actually withdraw cash. The thing you need to be really careful about, though, with foreign ATM machines in particular, it hasn't really crept into Ireland, but with a lot of foreign ATM machines, you can be charged money uh, on top of anything your bank might charge. So, for example, in the states i remember i was in new york i was in a bar maybe two or three years ago probably actually slightly longer now because of covid but like there was a five dollar charge to use the atm and that was on top of anything else i was going to be charged so you know in those situations withdrawing the equivalent of fifty dollars could actually cost you around maybe seven or eight euro so just be really careful when you use foreign machines and abroad and because you know often there'll be a charge where there wouldn't be in Ireland right and when I'm in a restaurant and I'm paying my bill when I pay with my card often I get asked do I want to pay in the local currency or do I want to pay in euros and I never know which one to do what would you suggest is the best um, action yeah no good question and again this really is only I suppose 
watch out for people who aren't using N26 or Revolut. Um, but if you are paying it with your permanent TSB card or AIB card, um, it is usually almost always cheaper to actually pay in the local currency. Um, it can kind of feel more comforting when someone comes up to you and you're paying for, let's say, dinner in a New York restaurant and you know that the charge is going to be 105 euro as opposed to maybe 125 dollars but often that you know there's a fee that's in there there's a markup um so i would say that most of the time if you get offered the opportunity to pay in your own currency decline it and just pay in the um the local currency instead dar you have on your list here of top tips um for going abroad to load your credit card what does that mean yeah, so it doesn't apply as much as it used to, but with some credit card providers, uh, particularly AIB, now it doesn't apply to B card holders, but it does apply to some of their other cards. So check in with them. It basically means that if you load your credit card with money, so we often think of our credit cards as being in debt or in debit, but if you let's say um, put two grand onto your credit card, and so you're you know you actually have a surplus of two grand in your account as opposed to a minus, you won't be charged fees when you use your card as long as the account is in credit um, now it used to be a little bit more widespread and banks unfortunately have kind of rode back on it over the you know the, the, the past few years but it just is an option so if you have a credit card uh, just check in with your credit card provider before you go and um, and just you know, see if that's something that they provide so when I head to the airport sometimes I don't have a lot of money for the place I'm going abroad if it's in a different currency should I get the money um in the airport so no again this seems like really really simple advice but if you are taking out cash um usually the worst place to do it is the airport you'll be charged way higher fees dublin airport my personal experience isn't as bad as some of the other airports but i know for example once going to heathrow and seeing the exchange rate and being just like i hear you know um so yeah you know get your foreign exchange in advance of course I think it's a very Irish thing as well to want to go abroad with a little bit of, you know, foreign currency. But with, you know, Revolut, with N26, and obviously with the increasing drive towards cashless payments, there's probably not as much of a need to actually go abroad with a huge amount of cash. And as I said, it's usually cheaper to pay by card as opposed to withdrawing cash. Um, so, you know, for, for me, if you're going abroad, try to deal in cash as little as possible, whether that's withdrawing cash or getting cash exchanged before you go. Just use your cards as much as possible as it's you know generally going to be more um, more economical and you know less expensive. And so the last thing I have to ask you is you have here to consider an on-post currency card. I've never heard of this. So can you let me know what it is, please? Yeah, so it's relatively new. So the currency card is it's a contactless prepaid MasterCard, which allows you to top up the cards commission-free, they say, in 16 currencies. Um, so all the main ones. So you can load the card with money online or at your local post office. And on-post says it's cheaper than paying for something with your credit card while abroad now that probably wouldn't apply if you're you know a customer of N26 or Revolut um, but certainly you know it, it's something to look into it's interesting in the sense that the exchange rates they say are locked in on the date you top up the card and not the day you make the spend which I think kind of is maybe a novel feature uh, although mind you that might work against you as well depending on which way the currency markets are going um, but there are charges so there's a charge of 1.25% on um, 
purchases and top ups and um, so be aware of that and as with all prepaid cards as well there is government stamp duty of five euro a year and you'll also be charged an inactivity fee of a few euro a year if you don't use the funds uh, on the card within a year and if you use the card to withdraw cash you'll be charged either one pound sterling fifty two dollars fifty or two euro if you withdraw euro so the fees particularly for cash can add up but you know it's another option potentially for people to consider particularly if they don't have n26 or um or revolut okay dar thank you so much for all those insights about how to avoid um foreign exchange fees when abroad and how to best deal with them so can you quickly just wrap up for us your top 10 tips please yeah no absolutely so the first thing and i know it seems quite simple is just get to know what you're being charged contact your bank or have a google uh to, to look at the uh, fees and charges booklet or go on to bonkers.ie uh, where we have an in-depth guide on this and you can see all the fees quite clearly use n20 or Revolut if you are an account holder as their foreign exchange fees are way, way less than the main Irish banks. Avoid smaller transactions with your debit card when you can, particularly if you're an AIB or a permanent USB customer as they charge that minimum fee per transaction. On the flip side though, avoid larger transactions with your credit card as there is no max fee per transaction with most cards. Now this will usually only apply if you're buying something for like, you know, seven or 800 euro in one go. Pay by card, instead of withdrawing cash, usually it's cheaper. So tap and pay as opposed to going to the ATM machine. Be wary of foreign ATM machines as they can come with some very hefty fees pay in the local currency uh, as much as possible um, and don't be duped into paying in euro if you're given the chance load your credit card with excess or surplus funds if you can as that might be a way to avoid fees don't get foreign exchange at the airport as you're going to be absolutely crucified and consider the on post currency card as well Brilliant. So there's lots of ways that we can reduce our costs when we are going abroad. And thank you so much for giving me some insight on foreign exchange fees. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this month's podcast. Head over to refurb.ie if you want to check out a wide range of like new refurbished smartphones, laptops, cameras, smartwatches, and much more. And if you want any more information on foreign exchange fees, head over to bonkers.ie where we have an in-depth guide on the topic. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And in the meantime, make sure to like and subscribe to the Bonkers Chris.ie podcast on your podcast app of choice. And finally, congratulations to Katie Shannon Walsh, who is the winner of our competition to go see Cirque du Soleil's fabulous new show, Corteo, in the Three Arena in Dublin in July. Keep an eye on our social media channels for further competitions. Thanks for listening. <laughs>